find the right people that yeah. can be an addition to your team to help you do these things. There Absolutely. are people out there who care. They're a little hard to find sometimes, but it's like you screw up once. We're probably not going to use you again unless there's like a really good reason. Right. But you can grow your team and use contractors and use freelancers. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But you as the project manager, you're the one that the client is hiring. So yeah. you have to answer to the client and project manage that project. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by Shatter Your Income Ceiling, our brand new private training where we are literally giving you the keys to the castle of how our clients are shattering their income ceiling and making more in a month than most people make in a year. You can learn more and apply today at workwithus.com. OMG, I'm so excited for you because the interview that I have to share with you today it's going to wreck your brain and it's going to also change the way you do business. So I want you to take a minute. I'll wait, go grab pen and paper right now because I don't want you to miss anything that our guest has to share with you. I sat down with Angela Profit. Okay, first of all, her last name is Profit. So you already know this conversation was fire. Oh my gosh, it was so stinking good. So many different things that we talked about and I do not want to steal the thunder of the episode. So, you know, I'll come back at the end and I'll share some of my faves with you. But let me just share Angela's bio with you. Angela Profit is an award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO of GSD Creative. She is no stranger to the spotlight and is currently the host of Business Unveiled Podcast, which I've been a guest. As a consultant with several books, as well as an in-demand speaker, Angela has appeared on ABC, CMT, TLCNE, as well as other national networks with a degree in psychology and proven expertise and productivity strategies that scale your business. Her work has been featured in publications such as Inc., Success, US Weekly, and People Magazine. When she is not speaking, writing, or creating content, Angela can be found working with other CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, and or solopreneurs to implement and master processes that can turn any business into a profitable business. Oh my gosh, listen. While you have your pen and paper right there right now, now I want you to go grab your helmet and your shoulder pads. You're literally going to need to brace yourself for all of the juicy gems that Angela dropped with us. Let's jump into my conversation with Angela Profit. Can I just tell y'all, I am so excited to welcome Angela Profit to the podcast. So Angela, I'm so excited that you are here. Tell everybody who you are in your own words. What's up? I'm so excited to be here. As you said, I'm Angela Prophet, and we help time-starved entrepreneurs GSD, which is get shit done. Yes, I love it. I love it. How did you get there? Where did this all start from? Because I don't think anybody wakes up and they're like, yeah, I just want to help people get shit done. Like, how does, <laughs> how does it evolve? And tell us, I guess, a little bit more about your story and the work that you're doing today for your time-starved clients, because that's the one thing none of us can ever get back, Right. When the time is gone, the time is gone. So how do we maximize that? So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm going to give you the short version. Okay. <laughs> but 
I went to school to be a psychologist and I did the college thing. My dad worked for the same company for 32 years. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, so I had a very traditional, somewhat traditional childhood. But you don't know what you don't know. I only knew what I knew, which was go to college, get married, live in a house with a white picket fence and two kids and two dogs. And ha ha, that wasn't the life for me. So after working in mental health and working in healthcare for a couple of years, when I moved back home, which home for me is Nashville, my parents are really involved in the Catholic diocese and some of their friends' kids started to get married and they knew that me and my sister knew how to decorate. And so my family had a venue for 35 years, did lots and lots of weddings. So I just grew up around it, had a knack for it. Didn't ever think I would be in any type of industry doing it like for a job. And then I ended up actually starting a business and doing weddings and events and number one parties and getting into the luxury market and doing things on private islands and traveling the world and doing all these events. And so what I learned from that was we had something different on the GSD team. And I'm going to share those differences with you today, but it's one of those things that you can't really teach until you understand it yourself and you start to see, okay, what am I doing differently in my company that I can actually translate and help other companies do it? And so I started doing consulting back in 2010 when our town flooded and a lot of our vendors lost everything. And so what that did, though, is they wanted to understand what paperless meant, meaning get your shit in the cloud, people. And I learned very early on working in healthcare for EMR, electronic medical records, I saw the power of you can click a button and then you don't have to use paper and then your prescription goes through like this cloud thing and then all you got to do is pick it up. And so I started to really embrace and understand technology. I became a tech nerd. My car was broken into my computer crash the last week of college right before graduation. And so all of these things at the time, I'm like, oh my God, my life is over. I'm losing my planner and my files. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I started to learn that productivity, when you start to have paperless processes, and that's just one of the P's, you can really be productive. So I started to travel and teach companies in the hospitality industry, luxury boutiques and other designers and planners, really how to GSD. So we've been saying that term for many, 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 many years. And we have shirts and people say, is that German shepherd dog? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what life you live in, but I live in a get done life. And so we just created a whole brand around it. When I retired out of doing events and taking on events and just doing more of the consulting, we really took on that brand. And again, we listened to our audience right. and it was very catchy. And so people kept saying, oh, you're the GSD girl. Oh, you're, and we like to have fun with it too, right? Yeah. Like, I just want to have fun with it. Like if you own a business and you're an entrepreneur, like life is hard sometimes. So why not put processes in place and like have fun with it? And there's all kinds of other stuff that yeah, happened well, in there, but it's all about productivity yeah. and really looping back to what you're saying in the beginning, my whole thing, what really happened for me that did it where I'm like, okay, God's put a situation in front of me. I have to choose how I'm going to spend my time. Six or so years ago, my dad got throat cancer. My sister was diagnosed with ALS in the same year. Wow. And I'm like, my family is going to be needing me. She has four kids. I'm very involved in those kids' lives. I'm like, I either need to hire more people or I'm going to have to figure out how to diversify my time and clients. Yeah. And so I got real effing serious on being present 
and stop all the distractions and learned how to outsource even better when those things happen. So you just got to listen to your audience and listen to your family and listen to your heart and do what's right. What's going to make you happy and how to figure that out. You said so many powerful things and I didn't want to stop you because I was like, she's in flow and then we'll just pull back the layers on a lot of the things that you said. But there was a powerful question that you asked yourself that I just want to pull back for the listeners and talk a little bit more about the unpacking of that. You said, what am I doing differently in my company that I can help others do differently in theirs? That is brilliant. There's something magical that happens when you can kind of step back, move away from the thing. And so many entrepreneurs and small business owners who have this quest to make millions of dollars and impact millions of lives get stuck here because they're so busy being in the business instead of moving back so that they can work on the business. And so I think that's such a powerful question. If you want to get stuff done, right? Like I'm not usually a cusser, So I'm going to say stuff or ish, but like the first time I felt it. Right. And so, and that happens to be one of the words I will say on the rare occasion. I'm like, yeah, I will drop that. The one thing you'll never hear me do is drop the F-bond because it vexes my spirit. But I think that helping people really figure out what is that thing that they've been able to do. And what I think I also love is that you initially got to this point in entirely different work than you do today. Today, you're all about consulting and helping clients and businesses in a different way, but you started out in the events industry. And so what I just want to say for everybody who's listening right now, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you might even want to be, a powerful question to ask yourself in order to elevate the way that you show up inside of your business and the way that you can offer service to other people is, what am I doing differently in my business that I can help other people do in theirs? And therein, you can find an opportunity to shift and in that shift, begin to do work that shows up really, really powerfully for you. Something else you said, Angela, you started dropping the peas. And in one sentence, you said, productivity and a paperless process is what will help you to experience profit. And so, you know, I'm going to need you to back the train up and break that all the way down for the people because I don't want them to miss (laughs) all of the magic that is in that one sentence with five peas. So, Let's talk about, you said, and of course, GSD is all about the productivity piece of it. So I feel like some people think that productivity is a myth and that there's really no such thing. So like, how have you been able to unearth this myth of productivity so that it does actually help people to to GSD? Yeah, so we'll quickly glaze over the four Ps then we can go back to it. But the four Ps for us is, and again, this is what I realized in working with so many, not just people, but cultures like all over the world. And so the first P is people. You cannot do this alone. I know what you're thinking if you're a solopreneur or a newer entrepreneur, because I was that girl too, where I'm like, nobody's ever going to do it like me. Nobody's ever going to do it as good as me. Well, guess what? You're really good at something, but you're not good at everything. And that's okay. So you've got to have the right people. So the tool And there's so many psychology methodologies out there, but I learned about, I feel like every one of them when I worked in mental health, because we did so many assessments on our really sick patients that it was Uh so sad to try to connect with them and pull things out of them. And so the psychology really, really helped me understand people and really have patience and not take it personal. 
Usually you can look at somebody and they can be perfectly put together and have all the money in the world and you have no clue what's going on. They could have a mental illness. They could be dealing with something. You never know what's going on with people. So just be kind, period. That's Absolutely. how it's raised, period. Yeah. And I love that you're really good mm-hmm. at something, but you're not good at everything. And I was one of those people, Angela, who like literally... I thought not even that long ago, a couple of years ago that my clients were hiring me and there was no way anybody else could serve them. I was this unique unicorn. And if I wasn't involved, there's no way there was going to be a business until I realized that if I wanted to scale up to and beyond the million dollar mark, there needed to be some other people involved in the process. And so I think that's such a great lesson. And I want the people, you know, we have people listening to this podcast on every stage on the entrepreneurial journey. And so for those of you who are earlier stage, start getting it into your mind, into the way you think, the way you move inside of your business right now, that if it is to be, it's up to we, not it's up to me. You're going to need some people if you really want to do this thing and do it at the millions level. So that was good. All right. What's the second P? Yeah. Well, and I want to tell you real quick, there's four types of people. And again, pick a psychology methodology that works for you, but there's really four types. You've got the analytical person that oversees your numbers, who looks at your analytics, all your social media analytics. You've got the, I would call it like a controller, like project manager, very type A, just keeps people on track and keeps following up and make sure the loop is closed. Then you have the customer service who they wear their heart on the sleeve. They lead with happiness and empathy. And they're the ones that are going to be super genuine and taking care of people. And then you have the creatives, which I'm a I'm creative. We're creative. <laughs> yes, totally a creative. Yeah. I don't need any more creative energy around our team, but let me <laughs> we tell won't you get anything done. If we have more creative energy, we need some people who exactly. do the things that have been created. That's exactly. <laughs> So I got the ideas all day long and then I make a list and then I give it to our controller and then she checks with the analytical person to make sure that it's a good idea and it's going to work and they test all this stuff. And then the other one is making sure it's going to make people feel good and not piss anybody off. So you've got to make sure you've got all four. Otherwise, you've got a bunch of blind spots and you can't be everything to everybody. So that wraps that up. That's so good. Before we move on to the next P now that we brought this part in. Again, I just want to dial back. If you're listening in right now, you just got the magic formula of who you need to look for to be on your team, right? You're absolutely going to have some people that are crunching the numbers, making sure that every goal that is set is actually achieved and tracking it all of the way. You're absolutely going to need some people who are about your clients and the service and care of those clients. You're going to need some people who are really focused on making sure that every project line gets done in the time frame in which it was said so that there are no delays in the results. And then you already have you because nine times out of 10, you might be that creative person. If you are not the creator, you definitely need someone on the team who has that creative visionary energy that will keep innovating and moving your company forward. Angela, I think I get on my team's nerves. Because literally every week there could be a new idea. There there could be something else that I think we should be doing. Or I want to change my mind on what we talked about last week. I know I get on their nerves and I'm just so grateful that none of them quit, that they all still (laughs) work with me because I am literally in that energy. I took the wealth dynamics assessment a couple of years ago and it was like, yeah, you make your wealth through creation. And I was like, that Mm -hmm. is so true. I'm telling you, I will whip something up in a minute. 
So I think that is so important that people understand the roles that people play. And if it needs to get done, it cannot only be done by you. Like I said a moment ago, if it is to be, it is up to we, not it is up to me. So that you surround yourself with the people who believe in your brand, who want to help you to expand your mission and are willing to do the work that is outside of your realm of capability to do so that you don't burn out before you can cash out inside of your business. So that's good. Okay. Are we ready for P number two? We are ready. Amen to that. So the second P is all about processes. And I'm going to break it down for you. You've got internal processes and you have external processes, which both should be 100% paperless. Now, for everyone listening who loves their pen and paper, there's nothing wrong with it, okay? On a strategy day, you better believe we have big, huge, well, we have a huge whiteboard now, but before we had that, we had those big post-it notes and I was drawing and I was sketching and I was all over the place. But by the end of the day, we take pictures, we put it in their Dropbox. So if the building was to burn down, and I'm not being funny because I've been through fires, I've been through floods, I've had patients go through that, I've had clients go through that. Mm -hmm. And so you can't live like that's never going to happen to me because you just don't flip and know. And so back everything up. And so with your internal processes, making sure that you have some type of a process with your team So for example, we still love Google Drive and Dropbox. And a lot of the things we use, they're free up into a certain space. So like with Dropbox, you get 350 megabytes, which doesn't get you a lot, but it gets you something. And then same thing with Google Drive. Now, if you're on G Suite or Google Business, which again, it takes money to make money. So you've got to be able to create these processes that no matter where people are in the world, whether it be your team members or your clients, you are able to make sure everything is backed up in the cloud and everything is shared. So creating a process and a naming convention. So all of our clients have a folder and it's first name, last name. And then if there's a project deadline, then the date goes in front because I want to know how many things do we have in January? How many do we have in February? It's all on our calendar, but I can always look in our Dropbox. And then look in our Google Drive, which the two mirror each other. And the differences between the two, and I had a really bad experience with Dropbox. We had like a 50-page timeline open for a four-day production. And the client was somewhere. The mom was somewhere. My assistant was somewhere. I mean, we were all in different parts of the world. And we were all obsessive OCD of hitting save. And then eight hours later, the document saved nothing. And I lost my mind. That was years ago. However... If we're editing probably taught you stuff. something really, really valuable as a result Girl. of that. Like I remember I was doing a live event back in 2012 and someone broke in and stole our computer and I had a hard drive, <laughs> a hard drive. Yeah, we were at some podunk Howard John. Like it was just a bad scene. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. It's definitely not anything what, like what our brand is today, but they broke in and they stole the computer and they took the hard drive. What? My whole <laughs> life was on that external hard drive. I wasn't using the cloud at all. And so after that, like I had literally had to go back to every client and, and be like, if I have ever sent you a document, a template, a worksheet, can you please send it back to me to try to Aww. rebuild And then, of course, from that moment on, we've been in Dropbox Yep. because I'm just like, we're never dealing with this again. We're not going to have anything not available, no matter where we are inside or outside or in the world, wherever we are, we are going to be able to access everything. So, yeah, I totally get the feeling that that must have produced for all. It's empty. It's it's this empty feeling. And I was like, oh, my God, my clients are totally going to lose confidence in me. 
But what you just said is really important because a lot of people wait until something happens. They wait till like a tragedy. Don't do that. You can be proactive and you don't have to go through that. Okay. So just setting everything up and then something that we did, this is just like a pro tip. We actually would started to share the Dropbox and the Google Drive with all of our clients and it reduced our email by like 300 a day. We tracked it for a whole year, Mm -hmm. years ago. So you do have to potty train their brain. I like to be fun. You know, I'm like, give me your phone. I'm going to put some free apps on there. This is how you get to your stuff. And you have to tell them a few times, but then what's neat is then they start to use that process, like either in their own business or at the company they work at and then in their own family. So it's really neat. The other thing with Google Drive is everything that's in Google Drive, we're constantly editing and updating and there's a timestamp on everything. So if the client's ever wondering, where are we on that? And I know there's project management softwares that do it now too. We just stick to our process because we've been doing it so long and it works. So internally, that's really important. Externally for the clients, you want to make sure that you've got your contract in Adobe Sign or HelloSign or DocuSign. And then what happens after that? So for example, we use a third party called Zapier. Mm-hmm. And when someone signs an electronical contract or anything, it zaps and it can go into their Dropbox. So that would be an example. When you onboard a client, what happens? And if you don't have a team, get all that out of your head make a Google doc or better yet, like we make a video library with loom and again, another free service up to a certain amount of space. And so making sure that those processes internally and externally, a huge myth by a lot of business owners that I work with who are over 50. A lot of our clients are over 50 because they've been in business 35 plus years and they know if they don't change something, they're going to end up going under. So they have to stay relevant. They have to stay fresh And if I hear one more person say, oh, I'll just hire a millennial and give them an iPhone. And I'm like, (laughs) no, it don't work like that. If you don't train them on what your processes are, they know how to play on the phone. They don't know how to make money on the phone. You have to teach them how to do that. I mean, some do have their own brand, but when you're bringing somebody into your company, who's going to be working with you, you have to train them. You can't just expect them. And so if you don't have processes, it can be a complete mess. So that's the second P, making sure that you have paperless processes. That's so, so good. There's so many great things you said in there. And there was a tip you gave me. Now we use Zapier to work between DocuSign and Infusionsoft, which is our CRM. But I didn't know we could do another Zap to take that signed agreement and put it in their Dropbox folder. Yeah. Listen, we got to get that set up. We have every SOP documented, but then we also have a video version of it so people can read it and hear me or the team member who developed the process walking through it. Because it's just so important if you want to build out a team, it's like we just don't have time. We're not physically in the same space where we can just you come and shadow me while I do this thing. And so it just makes it easier if as you're building things out, you take the time to document it and then create a video around it. So paperless processes are the bomb. I totally believe in them and I want everybody to start using those as well. All right, what's our third P? So our third P is productivity. And a couple key things here with productivity is the number one thing is time blocking and time blocking on your calendar. And I don't mean your paper planner with highlighters. I mean, you can use, we use iCal, you can use Google Calendar, you can use Outlook Calendar. Now listen, again, if you're that person who loves your planner and you love to write it down, you can do both. But I tell you this because 
if you lose something or if you spill something on it or if somebody steals your purse like it happened to me, you at least have it electronically. But there's a couple little things to break down in the time blocking. So number one, color code. And the reason we color code, and I had a coach that taught me this, when I look at my week and I like week view, I like to see my week Monday through Sunday and we color code. So for example, all the red are meetings that I have to be at, meaning a team member can't do it. And my team may be part of it, but I have to be there and I have to lead it. The green is client work in the background, billable time. So we track all of our hours. We track all of our time. We completely changed our business model years ago, again, because of a consultant who said, you have to track your time so you understand how long it takes you to do some of these things because we customize everything the client needs. Now, our process and our strategy is the same for every single client, but what goes inside of all of those documents is completely custom to that client. Yeah, It could take us 40 hours. It could take us 400 hours. So I can give an estimate after I know what the overall needs are and we sell in 20-hour time blocks. And sometimes there's four people. Sometimes there's 10 people working on a project. So it just depends on what's needed. And so all of our team members block their time and put that on the calendar in green. Blue are things that I need to do at home or things that I need to work on the business, not in the business. And I can usually do it from home, especially after the pandemic. And then the next color is orange, which really the orange is the most important, y'all, because for 10 years, the first 10 years I had my business, I never made myself a priority. I didn't take care of myself. I was a flipping mess. I didn't sleep. I didn't eat right. I gained so much weight. It was bad. My hair was falling out. My mom's like, if you don't start taking care of yourself, how can you take care of other people? Right. And so the orange is when I meet my trainer, when I see my family, when I have my sister's kids, anything personal that is me time. And I'm not going to lie. There are some weeks where I look at the calendar And I'm like, oh my God, it's like all red. I'm going to be in meetings 10 hours a day for five days. And then on the weekend, I've got like family stuff. I'm like, when am I ever going to catch up? It doesn't happen very often anymore because we really book out. Mm -hmm. But at COVID, I was down for three weeks and my team did awesome at keeping up. But when I got better, I just looked at my board on our to-do list. And I'm like, oh God, when am I ever going to get all this done? But what I started to do is I looked at the calendar and I started to block all the time Mm -hmm. to know how much time I needed. And if I don't get done, I can just move it to another day. But you've got to be realistic with your time. You're not She-Ra. You're not a superwoman. Mm -hmm. And I'm being funny, but it's like, you really have to be realistic. So that's the number one thing. And again, you've got to learn to say no. It's okay to say no. No No just means no right now. Absolutely. I love the color coding. We do that too. Everything that's my personal calendar is in purple as opposed to orange. And that has been a big deal too, is to block everything that we do for clients is in green. Everything that I do personal development wise is in pink. I think my personal self-care stuff is in purple. Meetings that I have with members of my team or things to move the business forward are in blue. But like, similarly, we do that because it is so important. And I'm like you, I want to see my calendar a week at a time. Like I remember when I was in Mary Kay, And that's where I first learned the concept of the weekly plan sheet. And so every week on Sunday, I literally plan out my week or look at what's on the calendar for the week to get a really good idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. And do I need to schedule some self-care in because I didn't realize that I was going to be going from dark 30 to dark 30. And so, (laughs) 
need to be (laughs) clear about that as well. So yeah, I love that. And what I feel like I hear people saying is how does the time blocking actually help me be more productive? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I love that question. So for example, and again, some people think they're like, I could never do that. And I'm like, I thought the same thing, but it wasn't what I thought it was. So my coach was like, you need to schedule every phone call. You turn your notifications off. They'll be there when you're ready for them. There was this thing called FOMO. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, fear of missing out. I'm like, well, the good thing is I'm missing that sense in my brain. So that's a good thing. So I'm not like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on my phone? What's going on my phone? But really being present. So like, for example, if I block and most of our clients, like when we first start, we have a whole strategy day. Usually I block eight hours. Sometimes it goes nine because I really want to wrap it up Mm -hmm. to make sure I've extracted as much information out of their brain as I can, because my team can't move forward until we really extract some of that information. And so when I'm with you, I am 100% focused on you. I don't care what's going on in the outside world. It will be there later. And that's also why I have an assistant who answers email, who does our calendar, who takes care of our clients. So if something is wrong or if someone is on fire, then she is there to pick up the pieces and she is very well trained to do so. Now, it took a few years to get into that rhythm, but that is setting expectations. So when a client hires you, you tell them. Now, we schedule everything. So once you sign the contract, pay the retainer, we're going to start scheduling some things. Now, we can be flexible and move them around, but usually we book out about a month in advance. We schedule phone calls. Don't text me. Please email. Please use our system. You're going to get a way better experience if you follow our system. Now, I will say lately here, people do just want to text, text, text. So anytime clients are doing that, We're actually getting a texting software that integrates with Infusionsoft because I can't be distracted and I'm not going to look at my phone and be texting and looking at social media messages throughout the day. So you really have to create those boundaries and those systems. And another thing that falls under the productivity part is having software and a little bit of automation, but you've got to communicate your expectations before your client hires you. Because I thought if I wasn't answering the phone or the text within like 24 seconds, not 24 hours, (laughs) that I would like lose all my clients. It was the complete opposite. People actually started to respect my time more. They came to all of our meetings and our phone calls more prepared. And so you just have to set the expectation. Now, if someone says to me, you're not going to call me or text me back. And I'm like, no, you can get in touch with Amanda. Her time is just as valuable as mine. Her role is just a little different. Right. So when I'm doing strategy or I'm doing design for someone, I literally block my time and I am able to be submerged and only think about that. And so you would be amazed when you start with that mindset of like, Mm -hmm. okay, today I'm only going to think about this person. And it, for me, it helped me not be so overwhelmed. And then when I'm done with that, I don't think about it until the next month when we have that next meeting. Yeah. And so really compartmentalize your time and your clients and what needs to be done. That way you are not a scattered chicken running around. Like I have a client, he's trying to finish a book and then a phone is ringing. And then we're trying to do audio for the book, which I was going to use for his podcast, the whole wash, rinse, repeat. Right. And his yeah. phone's buzzing. And then he's like, hold on, I got to take this. And so finally, at the end of the day, I'm like, you got up seven times and answered the phone. I don't know what those people said to you, but it completely changed your tone. 
and you sound different on audio. Mm -hmm. So the next time we do this, you can't have your phone in the room. You can't just have it on vibrate. You got to have it like off or out of there. And he's like, yeah, I put mine on airplane mode or do not disturb. Like when I'm doing something that I need to do, there's nothing that is ever so urgent that I need to stop and do it right in that moment. And I had to learn that because I'm a big creative and I'm, I'm certified in Colby and mm-hmm. I'm a nine quick start. So every little ding or bell makes me want to focus on something else. And so me I too. know thyself. Right. And then I was like to my own self, be true. So let me remove yep. my own distraction so I can actually focus in on getting done whatever is the priority at that moment. And so it's so important, these tips that you're sharing around specifically this piece in productivity and You guys, I just want you to take that all in because what Angela is literally giving you are so many keys to how to be able to not just GSD, but how to be able to operate your business so that you can set appropriate boundaries, your clients respect those boundaries, and they appreciate the work that you do instead of thinking that you are there to babysit them or you're at their beck and call. They're only acting that way because that is what you have told them. You have trained them on how to operate with you. And so you have the ability to shift the way that you're showing up by putting some of these paperless processes in place, by looking at the time stamping and time blocking and color coding and all of those different things and getting your team on board with your new philosophy. The other thing I think is important that I just want to say here, whether it's Angela or someone else, is looking at bringing a consultant in that can look at how you're running your business, what you're doing in day in and day out and tell you where the time sucks are and tell you where you can get time back so that you can actually be more productive. The more productive you are, the more profitable you'll be. So yeah, definitely love that. (laughs) Amen. And also too, like the last big thing I'll say with the productive side is whatever type of laptop or computer or phone, whatever your devices are, make sure your stuff is syncing. And if you have all Apple products, when you walk out of that Apple store, it's not set up the way that you need it to be set up to work for you. So I have a ton of free YouTube videos on like Apple products and how you can be more productive using your technology. And also like if you don't have an assistant yet, like I constantly, if things come up through my head throughout the day when I am trying to focus and I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot. I'll be like, hey Siri, remind me at 10 p.m. Blah, 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 blah. So give your reminders a deadline because the reason I do that is by 10 p.m. I know that I should be done and I'll be able to sit down, pull up our project management system, which is called Todoist. All of my team members have a folder and I'll delegate all those to do's. But the key is setting a deadline. Even if it's a moving deadline, set yourself a deadline to make sure that you just get those thoughts out real quick. A lot of people reach for a post-it note in a pen and they just start writing things down and then you can't delegate that out. So and you can't make... find it. That's, no, that's exactly. my problem. I wrote, so now I just, oh, I do have all Mac products. So now I just open my notes. I make a note in there. So I know it syncs everywhere. Like I'm yep. big for that on my phone. And then when I come in the office, I look at the things that came up overnight or as I was thinking and I was laying in my bed or whatever. And then I transfer them wherever they need to go. And a lot of the software you use, it has an app. And so you can put the app. So we use Teamwork PM for our project Mm -hmm. management. And so literally I can open up Teamwork PM and I get a thought that I need to assign something to my assistant. And I can literally go and put that in a task for her at the moment that I have the thought. And when she gets in the office the next morning, it'll be in her email. 
And so you want to figure out, I love that you said that, not only just looking at the processes themselves, but looking at the software that you're using and what automation opportunities exist inside of those things to be able to make your life easier and streamline the way that you're working every single day. Such good stuff. And also ask your team members how they want to be communicated with. Like even if like our processes put everything on in the app with a deadline. However, there are some times where I feel that I need to clarify some things. That's like my favorite word, clarify. So we also use Marco Polo, which Mm -hmm. is a video texting app. Yeah. And so my team members, they're like, Ange, it's fine. However, there's two things. So again, whatever you're introducing, you've got to set up a process. They're like, can you please tell me when you start to vomit all this information on Marco Polo video text, if I need to be at my computer, because you're about to vomit off a list. Right. And if you're about to say like confidential names and I'm like, okay, what do you mean? And so one of my team members, she's like, well, I like to work at Starbucks sometimes because she's obsessed with coffee and loves the smell and I don't drink coffee, so I don't understand, but whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're listening to my Marco Polo without earbuds or headphones? Like what? I don't want... So allow those conversations to happen. And so I'll say, hey, this is just an FYI. This is a follow-up from Todoist. If you're driving, you can still listen. So I'll let them... I'll say, but if you're not alone, please stop listening or put your earbuds in. So you tell them what to expect, but it's a two-way street. So make sure that you have that open communication with your team. That's so good. I love it. I love it. And what's our last P? We have one more, right? Yes, which y'all, it is the most important. So if you have a company and it's not profitable, guess what? It's worse than a job. (laughs) And that was me for so many years because I was a creative. I did not go to business school. My parents were not entrepreneurs. I did not know what the hell I was doing. All I know is there was always money in the bank. And so I just thought everything was okay. I didn't know how to charge appropriately, any of that. So I joined a group called the Entrepreneur Organization. But before I did that, I went through their, it was called Catalyst. So it was a Catalyst program. It was like an 18 month. I felt like I was getting an MBA in business, which was like exactly what I needed at that time. And so I had a lot of coaches and mentors and going through that. Now, this is not the fun part of business, but it is fun now because we changed our business model. So our accountant bills the first of every month. And so it's exciting and you get excited about numbers when you're like, okay, if you have a goal of making X amount of dollars and selling, we have a few private clients, but really we have online courses now. Then we have things that that have taken us a year to build. But now that it's finally paying off where it's that affiliate marketing courses where you can make money while you sleep. It's not that easy, but it does exist people. And so it's fun to get the first of every month to run the reports and like see how things did and where people are in the funnels. And so thank God, God put this person in my life to literally rip my business apart. And he said, the first thing I want to know is how much do you need to live? What are your operating expenses? I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then we started to list everything out that I was paying for. And even if you work from home, it's like, there's 32 softwares that we used to pay for every single month. And then you've got all your hardware things. You've got your car, you've got gas that you have to put in your car. You probably take people out to eat. You probably buy them car. Like there were so many operating expenses. And then I had a huge team. I was paying all these people and I wasn't paying myself. And I didn't understand my numbers. And he's like, I don't care what Susie Q and Laura and all these other girls are charging in your space. We need to figure out what do you need to live? 
You don't have a second income. Everyone is relying on you to sell. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a lot of pressure if you think about it, but I don't think But I'm so glad that you hired the consultant and they had you think about things this way. Because that's the same thing I say to my clients who are like, but my industry, I'm like, listen to me. There is a market for everyone. That's why we have Kias and Maseratis both on the road at the same time. That's right. So you just need to find the people who are going to buy your Maserati instead of the people who want to drive a Kia. That's messaging. That's all it is. Right. But I'm like, no, it's not about what will your market bear. It's what do you want your lifestyle to look like so that you are making enough money to take out of your business without embezzling. And you actually put yourself in a position to be able to pay your taxes easily and effortlessly, have cash reserves in case something comes up and hire the people that you want on your team. And so it's such an important thing to do in this entire process. So, yeah, I'm glad that he got you straight and helped you to set this up because it is essential. And I love what you said. I just wanted to pull that back. This might be the quote for the episode. If you have a business that isn't profitable, it's worse than having a job. It is. Oh, I agree. 250%. I agree. (laughs) But I just like hearing you say it that way. I hope as other people heard me just say, I heard you say it a few minutes ago, read it. When we put it in the show notes, they're like, yeah, "Yeah, I got to get my ish together. If I want to get stuff done, I need to get my stuff together because it's like, yeah, you're not tripping the light. Fantastic. And busy work is not the same as having a profitable business. Like that is so, so, so important, Angela. I'm so glad that you're talking about this. So true. And you know, there are different types of businesses, right? You have lifestyle businesses where I have friends that are photographers. They travel the world. They just want to cover their expenses for their travel and they're married and their husband does well, and they don't really need to add anything from a profitability standpoint. So you really have to look at where you are in your lifestyle. But what I will tell every woman listening, don't rely on anybody. I learned the hard way. I was married. I went through a divorce. Not that I ever relied on him, but that was a second income. And then I had a real job in healthcare. So I had that direct deposit every two. And when all that goes away, that's really when I was like, oh, shoot. Oh my God. Like I never really balanced the checkbook. That's why I hired an accountant. So when I hired an accountant and a business manager, and then with my coach that I was working with, it took us two years to get there, but we went from doing and working with 250 people a year to doing 30. Now, again, it took us two years to get there. Mm -hmm. But after that 12th year in business was the first year we were actually profitable. And we had actually made money that year. And I was so grateful. But what we changed was we said, we're going to go to full service. We're not going to hodgepodge all these services together. Mm -hmm. We're going to give people the red carpet customer service Because when you hodgepodge things together, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Communication falls through the cracks. Absolutely. It's a hot mess is what it is. It is. It is. Not that you have to be that control freak and not that you have to employ everybody. We actually still to this day outsource a lot of stuff. We use Upwork. We use Fiverr. Mm -hmm. But find the right people that can be an addition to your team to help you do these things. There are people out there who care. They're a little hard to find sometimes, but it's like you screw up once. We're probably not going to use you again unless there's like a really good reason. Right. But you can grow your team and use contractors and use freelancers. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But you as the project manager, you're the one that the client is hiring. 
So you have to answer to the client and project manage that project. So it's all about profit and understanding your numbers. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing there, because that's a great point. I think that there's a time and a place for contractors versus employees, but it's sometimes people are spending way too much money on contractors that they could be spending way less if they were an employee. Like I love to use the online business manager role and no disrespect to anyone out there who's an OBM who is getting paid very, very well for like 20 hours a week for your clients, right? But if you're paying $2,500 or $3,000 a month for 20 hours a week, you could be getting 40 hours a week out of an operations person that is your employee. And so you just want to think and make sure sometimes it's 20 hours a month for $3,500 or whatever the case might be. Don't be so quick to just bring on a contractor if it is going to make more sense to your business's bottom line. And this, Angela, is why it's important to understand your numbers, to be tracking the right key performance indicators and to know how to read the spreadsheets and the analytics, to know what it's telling you so that you can validate whether or not this is a good thing or not. Another thing that I think is important, and I definitely want to make sure we stress this, that every single program or however you work with clients. Some of you have predetermined programs that kind of fit the masses. Some of you are doing customization in your work, but you literally need, we have a spreadsheet by the program, everything, every direct cost, every general and administrative cost that goes into that, any overhead that is associated with that particular product or that service. When we put in what it costs, we can see our level of profitability on that program. You need to be profitable by the program, by the service, not just profitable at the end of the year when it's all said and done. I'm also a big believer in profit first. Shout out to Mike Michalowicz and his process. And your business should profit. Your business should serve you. We are not in business to live. Our business funds the life that we crave. And so I just had to make that important distinction because it is so absolutely essential, especially if you have a desire to make the move to millions. Like you're not going to the million dollar mark without knowing any of these P's, but especially paying attention to the profitability P. Like it's just not going to happen. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be contrived. It doesn't have to be convoluted. It can be really, really simple for you to get an understanding. And so you might need to find you a consultant that can help you break down your business your business model and what are the profitability metrics in your business to make sure that you are looking at and tracking the right things. But it has to be done if you want to continue to grow and go to the next level. Absolutely. One thing as I wrap up with my piece is Mm -hmm. just do your passion. The profit will come, Mm -hmm. but the passion should still be first. So when you do your passion and then you learn all these strategies and you have the knowledge and actually how to be a profitable business owner, there's nothing wrong with that. And to loop back to what I said earlier is it's a really hard no when I know it's not going to be profitable because I can't, I can't, that goes back to your time being priceless, your time being precious and being present. And when you say yes, when you know, something's not going to be profitable, why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. So, so let good. the passion lead and the profit will come. That's so good, Angela. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this has been awesome. Yay! So many gems. If you are so listening fun. to this episode, I know that you just like me have pages of notes. I mean, I have like three pages of notes. I mean, just writing stuff down for myself because it's so good. And of course, things that we will pull back when we put together the show notes for you. 
Before I let you go, Angela, I have my three questions that we always ask at the end of an episode, just to kind of tie it all in and to learn a little bit more about you. So my first question is, what is the last book you read? The last book that I listened to, because I'm not a good reader, I love Audible, is Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday about marketing. It's so good. I bet. I love Seth Godin's All Marketers Are Liars. So I'm sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And what's your favorite quote? Oh my gosh. I have a new one. Someone just sent it to me for a presentation. It's right here. If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Benjamin Franklin. Yes. And then the last one is what's one tool you swear by to grow your business? Marco Polo. It's all about communication and people. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I want to just thank you so much for being here. Angela, this has been so good. So many good nuggets have come out of this. I know you guys will come back and listen to this episode over and over and over and work your peas. Once you work those peas, you will start to GSD. All right, right. guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. You thought I was lying, didn't you? (laughs) You thought that I was just hyping up the interview, but you now know that I would never do that to you. I'm going to always keep it real. In fact, I'm not even going to bring you somebody who doesn't bring the heat to the conversation. Wasn't that good? Angela was the bomb, like for real, for real. Like there were so many great things that we talked about. We talked about those four P's that will really help you to GSD or get ish done. She has so many powerful quotes, but I want to just break down the P. So the first P was people. And there's four types of people you need on your team. The analytical, the controller, the customer service, and the creative. You are normally going to be the creative. The second P was processes and knowing the difference between your internal and your external processes. The third P was productivity. And the beauty there was time blocking your calendar and the color coding system. And then also, oh, this was the gem I really love. She talked about setting boundaries, setting up systems, determining the right software and automations. You're doing too much, she said. There are so many things you could be automating in your business. That is the reason that you're not GSDing, right? And then the final P was profitability. This was the quote that made me want to smack her in a good way. If you have a business that isn't profitable, it's worse than having a job. OMG, drop the mic. Angela brought the heat and I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, you want to go to the show notes where you can connect directly with Angela. We put all of her details in there. You can learn about her podcast, find her on social media and stay connected to her. She's earning eight figures, y'all. She is where we are making the move to inside of our business and what she knows about processes and people and profitability and productivity will literally, literally change the game for you. You're welcome. I want to thank you for listening into this conversation with Angela. And I know that if you just take one of the P's and turn that into a process that you now follow inside of your business, you're going to be so much closer to getting ish done. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. If you're ready to get started, grab our Move to Millions quick start guide and join our online community at movetomillionsgroup.com. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. 
I'll see you next time. Take care.